You know what, guys? The album Dirt is packed. It's packed tight, and I mean tight, with classics like Rooster, Them Bones, Down in a Hole, Wood, and for all intents and purposes, this could have been a record that we could have discussed on our show about perfect albums. There's not a snooze. There's a, there is one, like, joke track, but... That's just a, something they did for goofing around. But it's, ab, you know, c- c- contender for absolute perfect album. So on this week's Ludini Rock and Roll Circus podcast, we're going to tell you everything you need to know about Allison Chain's sophomore release. Get ready to rock out with your talk out. It's the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. the dynamite welcome back everybody to the ludini rock and roll circus where we bring you great music content every week talking about all kinds of music related topics this week we're going to be breaking down an album we do that the second week of every month but we do all kind of things like shootouts between albums shootouts between different bands and musicians you know it's all done in as an effort to bring up the topic and spark conversation we're not necessarily trying to say that this guy's good and this guy sucks okay we're just but we are here to say that dirt by Allison Chains, absolutely freaking rocks. It's a great album, and we're going to be breaking it down for you and giving you some interesting uh, Allison Chains facts along the way. Um, welcome back. Like I said, it's the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. You can find us all over the internet, uh, including LudiniRockandRollCircus.com as well as LuLombardiMusic.com. All kind of uh, extra content there. So if you like what we do, go and check it out. Some merch, if you'd like to pick that up as well, we would appreciate it. You can also hear us on Rock Rage Radio, rockrageradio.com. Download the app. Um, they're doing, we're doing once a week. They're doing 24-7 great music content, so check them out. Um, and I would uh, like to say that we have a special guest with us today. Um, you guys hear me talk about Wolf's Customs all the time, and uh, we have the man himself, Chris Thunderwolf Dodson. Chris, what's up, big guy? Not much. How you guys doing? Doing good, doing good. You have a you have a, a pup in there with you? Do we hear a dog a bark? A what? Did we hear a dog bark? Not yet. Oh, okay. Probably will. I thought I heard a dog bark. Here's a okay. In any case, man, you know. I've had a few vodka and sodas, so <laughs> I could be hearing all sorts of things. But uh, Chris, why don't you tell the the kids at home uh, a little bit about what it is that you do? Uh, mostly, we're a refinishing uh, business, uh, guitars, basses, even uh, moving on to drums, as we all know of the Hawk. Right. Uh, the hollow flash I did for him. Um and not just instruments, uh, especially with the hollow flash finish, as you see me with the in the picture there. Um, you want a simple, just change a color from black to white, red to blue, whatever, or you want something special. Uh, we've got marbleizing. We got, um, of course, the hollow flash, which I can do several ways. 
Um, pretty much a hand artist tree also. Cool. You know, you name it. If we can't do it, we're going to give it a shot and hopefully we'll come up with something. Cool, guys. Um, Chris is there with us right now. You can see him on the screen. What What is that guitar? What did, what did you do to that guitar? That's Hollow Flash. That is Hollow Flash. That's uh, two different versions of Hollow Flash. Um, if you look at the upper left uh, indentation there, that's right. a ghost Hollow Flash. Oh. Spooky. Compared to the body as an actual Hollow Flash, uh, what I use the most. Uh, that one was, I was doing an interview on local radio and, uh, that one I'm trying to get up into a new place, uh, to display. Cool. That's a display model. It, oh, gotcha. It can work, but it doesn't at the moment. <laughs> it's for display purposes only kids. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Chris, thanks so much. Chris is going to be sitting in with us, uh, tonight and you can get, how can folks get a hold of you if they're interested in getting this done? Wolf's Customs uh, Facebook is the easiest. Um, you'll see a lot of more of my stuff there. Our uh, website is under construction at the moment, um, but we'll be up shortly. Cool. And maybe next month. Awesome. Um, but yeah, get a hold of me, text me, whatever, you know. <coughs> gotcha. We'll, we'll, We'll get in touch. Awesome. Okay, guys. Chris Thunderwolf Dodson from Wolf's Customs. Check him out. He's just a uh, look him up there on the old Facebook. And uh, hold on. My goodness. This, these, this, the Allison Chains, you know, they, they're like ready to start, you know, like, come on, guys, you know, come on. We ain't doing no Allison Chains right now. Come on. Come on. We can't be doing none of this sense shenanigans. <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious! I'm just there's there's who scared the living poop out of my pants. Okay, again, oh, let's man. turn that down, and see if this will do something. There we are. Okay, nice and quiet. Okay, so, oh, not that. Quiet. I, I just wanted to play it quietly in the background, but it seems loud. Does it seem loud to you? A little loud, yeah. Yeah, that's so. I mean, I like it loud, but I want to be able to hear Lily. So there we can, go. we'll try it like, ah, uh, no, we're not going to do that. We will come back to that later. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you know, the levels somehow, gremlins got in and changed no. the levels, I think, while I was. No kids, doubt. don't try this. We all. had, what happened was we had a brownout. Mm -hmm. Get a lot of those here. Here, Cannesburg. Yeah. And um, so uh, things changed. <laughs> we live on the mountain up here. So yeah. Oh my God! It was blowing so darn hard. I was like, I was, I was like, I felt I like Han, Han Solo yeah. in 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 Star Wars, where they're like, you know, where you know, he's like, hold together, baby, oh hold God. together. Yeah. That's nerds. exactly I'm like nerds, yeah. nerds, 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 nerds. <laughs> we're gonna get. Uh, we're gonna record that nerds, nerds, nerds. And every time Lily says nerds, we're gonna hit a button. Boy. Nerds. Nerds. Can't wait. Uh -huh. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, guys, um, 
Well, yeah, so welcome back to Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. And let's go ahead. We're going to, what you got, Lil? You got like a little background you want to talk about? You want to give a little like background on the band? How you, how you want to get started with I'm this? I'm not going to give a background on the band, but I'll give a background on the album. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm prefacing this by saying I'm not a fan of this whole grunge movement thing, but Allison Chains would be one that I can definitely tolerate oh. out of the ones that have come out that were super famous. Um, and Dirt came out in uh, September of 92. It is their second studio album. Um, they released it through Columbia Records, peaking at number six on the Billboard. It was so uh, it was very well received by music critics. Uh, been certified four times platinum, and is the, a band's highest selling album to date. Um, also, the last album recorded with all four original members as bassist Mike Starr was fired from the band in January of '93 due to drugs. Surprise! <laughs> It spawned five singles, Wood, Them Bones, Angry Chair Rooster, and Down in a Hole. It was nominated for an MTV... It's not funny, Lou. MTV Video that, Music Award. That hole. I knew it's that was coming. Funny, Somebody could have got hurt, Lou. Down in my hole. Nominated for an MTV Video Music Award for Best Video from a Film. And uh, the song was featured on the soundtrack cam- of Cameron Crowe's uh, Singles. Did everybody see the movie Singles? Sick signals. I saw it once. I saw it once. Oh my god! I have it if you want to Yeah, I get it. (laughs) Bless you. Anyway, (laughs) the songs focused on depression, pain, anger, drugs, war, death, other emotional topics. Um, The track "Iron Gland" features Tom Araya from Slayer on vocals. Um, Most of the music was written by Jerry Cantrell, but for the first time, vocalist Lane Staley wrote two songs by himself: "Hate to Feel" and "Angry Chair." Both also feature him on guitar. Um, it was actually recorded during the Los Angeles riots. Um, whenever LAPD officers caught or were caught on camera beating Rodney, Rodney King. King, and they the riots started on the I first haven't day. seen a beating like that since Rodney King. Oh, wow, and oh, there it is. Craig. Oh, Craig. Oh, Craig, you, you bad man. Craig, you bad. We share the same brain. Yes. You do. <laughs> the band was watching it's TV. It's like the man with two brains. Oh, my God. I'm leaving. <laughs> no, stay. <laughs> the band was watching TV when the verdict for the incident was announced, and Jerry Cantrell was in a store buying some beer when a man came in and started looting the place. <laughs> oh, I guess beer's free do. now. Yeah, as you <laughs> like, see, Jerry's like, cool. Yeah, I get this I'm leaving. But basically, <laughs> but basically, he saw all the carnage, people getting pulled out of their cars, beaten, that whole thing, whatever. Well, you know what? The, you know, I mean, that's what the good riot is about. If you're not pulling people out of the cars, right. beating the shit out of them, right? You know, what I mean, that was the old days, man. When it, people rioted and uh, people got the shit kicked out of them, and it was like, well, it was a riot. It's a riot. Nowadays, they gotta bring people into court. They gotta sue this no, guy and all that. Right. No, no, took Go all ahead. the fun out of it. When recording the album, Staley had previously checked out of rehab and quickly went back to using heroin. She was like, rehab? Fuck this! I'm out. <laughs> rehab sucks! Even, see, that's why Amy Winehouse wrote that song. Right? <laughs> Go to rehab. No, yeah, no, no. Because no. rehab freaking sucks. Has anybody here ever been to rehab? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Chris, you ever been to rehab? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, dude. But it sucks, right? I'm like, one of us is going to say yes. Yeah. Yeah, see, Chris is like, it yeah. sucks. Oh, yeah, yeah, it sucks. You know, so that's why what Lane did, he was like, rehab, bull- this bullshit. I mean, we all know the end of that whole saga. But anyway, yes. he went on uh, to go cold turkey off the drugs on his own while reading The Bad Place by Dean Koontz. And he was not the only one who went through heavy drug use. Sean Kinney and Mike Starr also had problems as well. So there's Sean, my background. Sean Kinney and I are friends on Facebook. Oh, the drummer. Yay. Oh. Um, the, uh, well, and I don't see anything that he does. <laughs> you know, Facebook. <laughs> there's is. that. But um, 
there was they actually had a guy. Um, I I don't think this was his only job, but one of his made he was like a kind of security guy that worked for them, mm-hmm. and his job was to make sure that Lane did not do too much. Oh wow, <laughs> heroin just <laughs> enough. Yeah, he was like, and um, some people from the uh, like the MTV. Um, uh, what was it called? Unplugged uh, mm-hmm. staff like have have like been interviewed and talked about them being on there, and that Lane was like he was backstage. He had this little vial. He got he shot up, you know, before, and you know he did. And then and he didn't talk about it in America, but there's a uh, an interview on French TV where he's very candid. He's like, yeah, mm-hmm. just a little bit, you know, you don't want to get too much, you know. I had to do a show, just like, a little bit. He's talking straight. about freaking heroin. Mm-hmm. He's not like talking about taking a puff off a doobie or something. I mean, it's like, I mean, that was just like. The thing, and the sad thing about it was his dad was a drug addict and he swore he would never do drugs. Yeah. He lied. No, it's... <laughs> I mean, it's like... I mean, th- these guys were like... Something I think... I need to tell the folks at home something I think Lily V6 would really appreciate. Go ahead. Okay. That um, there were... Uh, Jerry Cantrell and Lane Staley were in separate bands mm-hmm. in Seattle. And they were your favorite genre. Oh, they yes. were hair metal bands. Yeah, and the That's one, probably the why one, I like band. one band was called Gypsy Road. <laughs> oh, I know that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then those bands kind of like got together. Actually, uh, Mike and Sean were in, I believe, Jerry's band, and somehow he coaxed um, uh, uh, Lane to to leave his band. on can't remember which one, which one was which, and they ended up forming Alice in Chains and dropped the whole, you know, you know, the glam look and everything like that, and you know, became. A, but if you listen to Facelift, like Man in the Box, mm-hmm. that fit really well on like rock radio. It mm-hmm. didn't sound. I I would I I thought it was super heavy and I liked it and everything. I I, but. I didn't go, this is a new style of music. It right. just sounded like really good, heavy rock. Right, and I was exactly. like, damn, this kicks ass. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, that's all I got. What'd you think? Do you remember when Man in the Box came out, Chris? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I graduated in 91. So. Cool. Yeah, I was right there, right there with it. But, you know, when you're saying that this is something new and heavy that, Heck, I was already listening to Slayer and Anthrax and all that. Yeah, yeah. So well, so I mean, was I was just... I was listening to Anthrax and and Iron Maiden and bands like that too. Um, but this just it didn't like I said it didn't sound. I mean, it, to me, they didn't really get the sort of like where they were going until they got to Dirt. Right. Dirt mm-hmm. is the record that yeah. kind of like, uh, okay, this is what like. So they had that first record, that Facelift, which is a kind of like starter album for them, you know? And it, there was a there was a thing in the 90s, too, this, like, sophomore curse, where mm-hmm. a lot of bands, like, they would have a big first album, like the Gin Blossoms and right. a bunch of other mm-hmm. bands like that, and then they could not then they... duplicate that success. They just could not do it. Um, yeah. But these guys actually came to, came to, really came to life on Dirt, their, their second album. Um, just packed full of really um, great moments. One of the things that stuck out to me re-listening to this album I have not listened to it in um, a very long time I was uh, in, in, during this era the 90s I was in a band that was based out of Indiana Pennsylvania um, so I was and I was living in Greensburg so I was driving back and forth from Greensburg to Oof. Indiana mm. and um, 
and the station that you picked up was Quick Rock in John, out of Johnstown. And this record had already been out for a few years, and they played it like it came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like they just <laughs> played, played, <clears throat> and it's a great record. Like it, it, it all like kind of became an instant. Cl- as much the first album, Man in the Box, is like an instant. Cl- like just like every bar band plays Man in the Box. Like it's one of those songs, but they really kind of like hit their stride with what they were going to do with, uh, with Dirt. It's this mix of like, like alternative rock, punk rock, and like a heavy dose of Black Sabbath. Like I he- really listen to this record. There are moments you're like, this could be like a song Sabbath could have done. Like it's mm-hmm. like they really have they they've got those those, those kind of super heavy riffs. <clears throat> You know, I was thinking as I was listening to it, I'm going like, okay, like these guys are like, if Sabbath came out in the 90s, but were American and had good vocal harmony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a lot of, that's a lot of things. But anyway, so let's go ahead and get into um, the album a little bit. Do you, what, what we're going to do track by track? Sure. Track by track. Oh my God. What do you got? <laughs> <sighs> my brain them bones is first <laughs> opening track second single from the album uh jerry cantrell says about the track i was just thinking about mortality that one of these days will end up in a uh, end up as a pile of bones it's a thought for every human being whether you believe in an afterlife or that when we die that's it uh which is what i think uh the thought that all well, of thank you for sharing it with i'm us. sorry i thought i'd give my opinion on it okay. <laughs> the thought that all the beautiful oh, things and knowledge and experiences you've been through just end when you end scares me uh the thought that when you close your eyes for good it's gone forever uh the song was used in the american version of street fighter 2 the animated movie <laughs> um you any comments on this song mr pittsburgh no, I, got I, I too believe that when you die it's over that's the only comment. <clears throat> That's all you got. There are not, no it. comments on the music. What? Oh, there's music involved? Yes. No, no. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Mr. Thunderwolf. Do <laughs> you have anything you want to you chime in on anything on this? Uh, just plain and simple. You know, what makes uh, this album such a great one is a kick-ass song. It is a kick-ass song, for sure. Um, some th- interesting facts, and, and Lily might say nerds again. Well, I will. But That's a given. First of all, this is the only rock single yeah. ever, or pop single yeah. ever, yeah. to use four chromatic chords in a row. Whoa. What? The progression is just four mm-hmm. chords straight up, the, straight up the chromatic scale. You just blew my mind right through my face. <laughs> I mean, that's like, it's really weird. It's a very bizarre song. It is less than three minutes long. However, it has three full verses and a guitar solo. Well, like, you know, they, get, get to they, it. Like, they, it's like, there's like no fat. It's like exactly like, boom. Get it done. Less than three, yeah, they get it done. Yeah, get it done, man. They just like, you know, don't bore us, take us to the chorus. Get in, get out. You know, I mean, I I mean, this song is like, it's, I can understand why this is the first, the song that opens the album. And that riff is odd. I mean, awesome. It is odd. It isn't kind of a, <clears throat> kind of an odd time thing going on there as well. Well, the, yeah. uh, Jerry and 
Lane sing perfect fourth harmonies, okay? Mm-hmm. And they sing the same two notes for like three of those chords. Mm-hmm. And the, the way they put the notes together, each one of those notes is actually in each one of those chords, even though those are just chromatic. They don't change, but the chords, chords move. Okay. Hmm. It is... That's really cool. interesting. That's very in, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe that is called in music oblique motion. Whoa! Um, the more you know, the more the more you know. <laughs> Would you like to know more? Mm. Um. Okay. The scream. Now, if you go to um, Rick Beato's YouTube channel, he has a uh, video. What makes this song great? Where he talks about the song and he isolates Lane's scream mm-hmm. at the beginning, <clears throat> and when you hear it isolated. It sounds like a scream from like a horror film. Oh. Because there's this like really like like echo on it. And when you hear it just like by itself, it just sounds like somebody screaming in terror. (laughs) It's like really good. It's like, wow. So like when you hear it in the song, it is not, doesn't have that dramatic, but it's like kind of like Mm -hmm. subliminally there. You know, it's really Haunting, yo. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, and and this is just and this is kind of like sets the tone for what the whole album is, like insanely heavy with amazing vocals. The vocals on 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 Alice in Chains songs are just really good. Like you just you don't think about it because they're so heavy and they're grunge and mm-hmm. you, know, you know. But like when you really really listen to what they're doing vocally, it's oh, yeah. it's re- it's really it's like um, uh, Gary Sharon and Nuno Bentoncourt in yes. string. You know those guys yes. have these yes. great harmonies together. You know. Yeah, the harmonies are what kills it. Yep. So, because these guys would just be a kind of Sabbath band only with alternative kind of influence, but when you print those harmonies in there, it really does something completely different. Puts it on a whole new level. Mm-hmm. Okay, <clears throat> so that how that is how the album opens. So what you got? What's what's what? We, we don't have to go through every track, like name them, but the ones I mean, that aren't pr- like real. Famous will just kind of say cool and move to the next one. Oh, those I usually just have something small for, but damn that river. Cool. <laughs> <It's> next, <laughs> next, wow. next song. Seriously, it's, there's a story behind it. Go ahead. <laughs> Jerry wrote the song about a fight he had with Sean. Jerry needed a ride and kept bugging Sean about a ride and made him so mad that he picked up a coffee table and broke it over Jerry's head. Now, That's I, terrible. this sort of sounded like it was false, but apparently it's actually in the liner notes from the music box set. So oh, wow. apparently See? that's a whole thing. So that's my notes on that. Okay. Oh, cool. <laughs> so you wrote the song as a payback. Yeah. It's not a payback. It's like, wow. cool, you wrote a song about something we did. That's right. like, and it's immortalized. It's a story. <clears throat> I believe this is one of the singles off the album as well. I don't have that written down. And this is the <laughs> second song. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that river is a killer tune. And it's the second song on like this amazing record. So what do you got next? Uh, Rain When I Die. Uh, let's talk about this. I love this okay. song. It's a powerful song. It's about a girl who, um, this is what I took from it. It's about a girl who left Lane and uh, left him feeling as though he's nothing without her. Uh, he couldn't love her the way he needed, uh, with the way she needed, which is why she left. Other interpretations say that it's about drugs. Um, they're not giving him the satisfaction that he needs. Um, either way, it's got the great slow buildup in the beginning. Um, it stated that when Lane passed away, it did rain, but it's Seattle. It rains all the yeah, time. So let's be real on that. Um, and just to 
go further on that. He did die from a speedball, which is a Coke and heroin mixture. And they did find him two weeks after he passed, weighing 86 pounds and decomposed. Mm. And he died the same day as uh, Kurt Cobain did, but eight years later. Oh, wow. That's why he was so decomposed the same day and they didn't find him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. No, they Dang, actually, man. They, they found him two weeks ago. Ain't nothing that. left for you. He was skin and bone. Oh, boy. And Maybe that, mostly bone, but a little yeah. skin. Maggots. They walked in and said, what's them, what's them bones? Them bones. Them bones, them bones, them dry bones. Thank you. Thank you very much. We'll be here all day. This Not is week. like, um, <laughs> I think this song is like, a, like kind of, it's kind of a song that Black Sabbath could have easily come up with you I and mean, that it's... black sabbath you're always talking about the black sabbath go ahead Duke. i'm sorry <laughs> um he was he was he was obsessed with his own death he said that the reason he liked doing heroin because it was like really dangerous like he says that's what it was all about that's why they it's a thrill you know, it's a thrill to the fact that you could die like it's mm-hmm. that's how intense <clears throat> and that's how like on the edge you're like willing to live and i mean Alice in Chains music is very much on the edge. It's out there. It's mm-hmm. different. It's very, but it's still very fucking heavy. It's still very kind of reachable. And so they had to do heroin. Your Honor, I had to. They had to do heroin. <laughs> I had to do it. You know, I mean, right? You know, I mean, what else are you going to do? This is how you get this sound. Do? Hey, man, how do you get that sound? Heroin. Man. heroin. It's all about the heroin. Man. <laughs> wow. Did you, you hear that, Ludini? He's telling people to do heroin. Yeah, oh, that- my God. He's canceled. That's going to be on TMZ next. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I hope they get the video of me running up and down the street naked. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the 19 degree weather. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dear He's God. He's just exercising. <laughs> How you doing over there, Mr. Thunderwolf? I'm good. You? Good. I'm doing, we're, we're kicking ass. So, so what's the next track? <laughs> Down in a hole. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> you fat hole. Yeah, fat hole. <laughs> Power Ballad in the fifth and last Power. single from their album, The Dirt. The acoustic version performed on Alice in Chains MTV Unplugged in 1996 was released in a live album and DVD. Uh, Jerry uh, Cantrell was the first was first hesitant to present the song to the band, feeling that the song was too soft. But after a positive response from the band, they followed through and recorded it. Um, he wrote this about the love of his life, Courtney Clark. Uh, the song encompasses all of the insecurities and self-doubt inherent in a relationship. The song reached number 10 on the Billboard Mainstream Rock Chart. Um, <clears throat> Courtney uh, died mm-hmm. of a heroin overdose, and Lane huh. held him, felt that he was responsible. Surprise. Yeah. <clears throat> they had, uh, it was very, very sad. And a lot of people feel this is what ultimately led to his, you know, uh, demise as well. Um, yeah. It's a cool, it's a cool jam. Everybody knows the MTV Unplugged <clears throat> version. This is one of the songs that, you know, there are certain songs, and this would be a cool podcast. Maybe we, maybe we have. I think we did this. The live versions more famous. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Peter Frampton, Bob yeah. Seger, all of Cheap Trick. <laughs> yeah. um, this, uh, this is one of this. This could be on one of those. Uh, lists. It's mm-hmm. a, you know more popular is the uh, the uh, live version because of the acoustic thing. Um, this, <laughs> the, the, the unplugged, the digress just for briefly, the unplugged thing was um, um, interesting because Jerry Cantrell had some kind of, uh, he got, he ate a bad hot dog. This is what he says. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and they actually had a bucket for him. He was throwing up in between songs on Give while they were bucket. doing it. Wow. Yeah. How nice. Had a bad hot dog. Bring me a bucket. That's kind of more metal than grunge. Yeah. 
<clears throat> well, these guys, they are definitely, you know, what is grunge? Like, the whenever, when I listen to this now, now that all, it's all over, you know what I mean? Yeah, We're yeah, all yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Everything's happening. Uh, to me, rock. it just sounds like heavy rock. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm yeah. not like all caught up in that, you know, um, thing. Um, but, um, um, but anyways, so they were doing that and Metallica, do you guys know Metallica was in the audience? No. I did not know that. I did not know. That's wild, wacky stuff. Eh? And the bass player, Mike had on, he painted on his acoustic bass, you know, I hope we don't get something like, I hope we don't end up getting Frenchy haircuts. Yeah, because this that. is when yes, Metallica yes, had just yes. cut their hair. Right. So he was jerking him. They were all friends. They like all know each other. They partied <laughs> yep, together. I remember that. <clears throat> you know, it was mad like a kind of like kind of they were kind of like nodding, hey, Metallica's in the yeah, in the yeah. audience, mm-hmm. you know, without announcing it. Hey, you know, that'd be super cheesy. Yeah. Hey, Metallica's in the audience. They say hi guys. Let's come do up it. And, we'll do a little understand, man. You know, they they weren't gonna turn into a Vegas show. But um so um and yeah, of course, down in the hole, the acoustic version is the one that uh, I think that most people know. So um, we are uh, um, we're going to do one more, and then we're going to take a break, and uh, we're going to go real quick. Sick man. Sick man. Um, this one is basically Lane knew he was going to eventually die from drug addictions. The <laughs> Look, world... I'm dying from this shit anyway. Yeah, so let's like, well. a song about it. Yeah, <laughs> the world team was not a place to live, so it didn't matter if you lived or died. Um, there's nothing worth getting clean for. It's a very self-loathing song. Um, and you can tell by the song that he really doesn't have a really huge strong hold on his life at that point. So there it is, sadness. Ooh, sadness. <laughs> In the grunge. We way. are going to take a quick break. And come back and uh, see if anybody's commenting and say hi to our good buddy. And by the way, we do have Chris Thunderwolf Dodson uh, hanging out with us today. So thank you, Chris. So we'll come back and say hi to him too as well. So uh, guys, everybody chill out, get something to drink. Take, I'm going to take a piss and uh, we will be right back. This is a song that I've never played for anybody. Oh boy. Magic. And Keith and I did this song. And um, uh, my new band is doing their own. We're doing like a different version of it. So we're having some fun with this one. This is a song called Sunkissed Nerd Girl. And if you'd like to know about There's that nerd the, 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 the title, uh, ask me. It's, a, it's an interesting story. Okay.
I love those fast endings, right? Yeah. Uh, that is Sunkiss Nerd Girl, Keith the Hawk Hawkins on the drums, Ludini on pretty much everything else. Um, I have to say, too, I want to give a shout-out to Chris Ruane. Do you guys know him? Chris mm, is no. the drummer for our, one of my favorite Pittsburgh bands, Fist Fight in the Parking Lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. And he mixed that for me. He did nice. a really cool. nice job. He, made, cool. he took something that like was really rough and like polished it up. He made me redo things. He's like, dude, it sucks. He yeah, how's that feel? <laughs> I've recorded with you. How's that feel, huh? <laughs> Got to redo that. Well, there, I mean, like, there's producers. You want to watch some of these behind the music or classic oh, I just, album I get, things? I just did the Tom Petty one <clears throat> where they talked about working a week on just a snare drum. Yeah. Oh, yeah, boy. So, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I saw the... Uh, a uh, number of the beast and D- D- Bruce like singing and re-singing mm-hmm. that song over and over. And I can't remember. We did a pan. We did the Pantera album with the mm-hmm. with the with the fist. What's it? Bones Magoo has the week off. So oh, Bones, your <laughs> uh, week off, but, buddy. Um, vulgar display. Power, yes. But I can't remember which track <laughs> it is. There. You actually hear 
and Salmo throwing the microphone into the garbage can because like they <laughs> yeah. made him do it over and over yeah. and over yeah. and over. But um, so yeah, so no, no, it was, it was I loved working with him, and uh, I'm he may be doing the my new band stuff. I don't I don't know nice. yet. We're like thinking about what we're doing, but Beautiful. um. We have we need to have conversations. So anyway, so welcome back, guys. Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Go to ludinirockandrollcircus.com. Visit our good friend Chris Thunderwolf Dodson. Chris, what's the best way to folks to get a hold of you again if they want a custom uh, finish on their musical instrument? Quickest, fastest way is on Facebook. Uh, send me a message. Send me you know get my number. Send me a text. Um, because I do work a full time job, so I can't always answer my phone. But nope. you send me a text or gotcha. a, a PM on Facebook, I'll uh, my phone will wake me up and say, "Hey, <laughs> get to work." <laughs> um, all right, cool, excellent. Uh, RockRageRadio.com. Download the app. We have Lily V Six here from Rock Rage Radio, yeah. and uh, she's looking at your comments. So, what do we got? We got. Logan? We have two comments. One from Jared Grease saying, "One was shut the fuck up," and one was pretty the, much get off the yeah. What he <laughs> Jared yeah, Grease yeah, says, said. "Dirt is my favorite Alice in Chains album." And Barb Hilashevsky said, I remember waiting in line at Ides to get the album Dirt the day it was released, and it came with a free T-shirt. Damn, I'm old. Sweet. No, you're not old. No. Sweet. So uh, very cool, uh, Barb. Um, and Jared, did we work on that song in your guitar lessons? Because Jared was a former guitar, lesson, guitar student. Oh. And we were, he was taking lessons off me during the, that era when all mm-hmm. that music was popular. <laughs> so I don't know if we ever worked on that together, but uh, or if you worked in it with Mr. Bill Duff, uh, Rest in Peace. Um, so anyway, so we are talking about the, um, like I, I, and I, I, what I said, I it was like a Homer Simpson moment. Don't say, don't say the dirt. That's the Motley Crue <laughs> thing. Yeah. Don't say, and I almost said, we're talking about the dirt. I almost said it. No, but I, so close. So close. And like, no. I was like, don't, you know, anyways, brain. <laughs> I don't like you and you don't like me. <laughs> so anyway, so what do we got? What, what do you got? Go ahead. Go ahead, Lily. What you got next? Brewster is next. Uh, written Brewster? By- oh, Not my. Brewster. Oh, I, thought said, I thought you said Brewster. Mm, I want ice cream. Wow. Brewster's millions. Oh, oh my gosh. Go. There's like three things we're talking about now. Uh-huh. The song was written by Jerry Cantrell for his father, Jerry Cantrell Sr., whose childhood nickname was Rooster and served with the U.S. Army during the Vietnam War. He would later, uh, Cantrell would later name his music publishing company as Rooster's Son Publishing. Uh, Rooster spent oh. 20 weeks on Billboard mainstream uh, rock tracks, rock tracks chart, and peaked at number seven. And the acoustic version, of course, was on the MTV Unplugged concert. Um, in the liner notes, um, Jerry Cantrell said of the song, "I think there's some video on demo that maybe we didn't get here, but." There's, it has something all of its own quality for one thing. He actually wrote it at Chris Cornell's house in uh, Seattle. He was homeless, and they, him, Chris, and his wife let him stay there. Yes, yeah, yeah. Susan wow. Silver. Um, <clears throat> and Sil- she was she was managing yes. Alice Chains too. Yeah, Silver was wow. the Alice Chains manager. Um, Cantrell kept thinking about his father and the psychological scars from uh, his time in the Vietnam War that contributed to his breakdown of his family. Uh, Cantrell wrote the lyrics from the standpoint of his father. And this was also um, kind of a funny story for me, uh, for senior prank. Someone let a rooster out into the halls of my high school, Chartreuse Houston High School, and they played the song over the PA. And you had to kill it. No, we did not have to kill it. I would never kill a rooster. I would never kill any animal. But but they did let a rooster rooster. out in the halls and someone had to trap it. Then you killed it. Um, <laughs> no, we killed didn't kill it. Kill it. Yeah, kill it. Even killing. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I would never kill an animal. <laughs> Took a sling blade. Animal. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> there is a uh, I, Kev, uh, Pittsburgh Kevin and I yes. were talking about this before we started the podcast, and I did, I think the song is freaking amazing. Song, it's just it's brilliant. Um, and I was sort of shocked, not shocked, but kind of surprised when I read a long time ago the story of the song, mm-hmm. what the song was about. Right. It was about a soldier and, and, and all the sorts of thing and Jerry Grant, Charles' father, et cetera. <clears throat> and because that was not my, I thought that the whole thing was a metaphor. Right. And who is the rooster? Oh. Who is the rooster? Who is the rooster? He, the rooster is like the one who like protects the hens. Ah. And yeah. he's got to stand guard. And he's got to take the shots. And he's got to stand up for shit. And he's got to some maybe sometimes get his ass kicked. You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. But he ain't going to die. He can't die. Because right. he's got like precious cargo. Or, you know, that he's got to protect. Because the eggs can't get made and everything like that. So, um, and I think which is a metaphor for like, and, and this could sound really old fashioned and sexist, but kind of like the head of the household. Yeah, mm. legit. Who, you know, and it could be a man or a woman. Let's, okay, I'll be, I will say that. He's getting or, or, or a non gender specific person. But there is usually that person in the household who is the head of the household. Yeah, who's yeah. In, you know, who's like taking the freaking hits, who's slaying the dragon, who's making sure the shit gets done right. You know, um, I'm not saying everybody else, else is slack, slacking off, but there's this, you know what I mean? There's just there's this idea. There's always someone in charge. There's like a kind of a leader, <laughs> you know, you know, and the situation may switch. But in any case, I don't want to get like off on that. But anyways, so I, that was sort of my interpretation okay. uh, of the song that like life is can like fucking brutal at times. And, you know, shit's coming at you, man, but you got to keep your family together. You got to be the man, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of interesting that his dad was like nicknamed Rooster, rooster yeah. because of you know yeah, his like yeah. cocky attitude when he was a kid, uh-huh. which I think is really really cool. Um, and um, so this is a little side note about Rooster is that um, the Vietnamese did not have eagles; they didn't know what an eagle was. But the American troops painted the eagle uh-huh. on the side of their like planes or whatever you know planes, everything. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So the only the only um, uh, what's what what the uh, um, what's the word I want? The only congruent mm-hmm. thing that they had to compare to an eagle in their mind, what the only analog to an right, eagle right. was a rooster. Interesting. Oh. So they would call them roosters. Yes. There it is. And thank you, thank you. I love history. I lessons. studied all day for this test. You did great. And you didn't even nerd out. <laughs> which is so <laughs> great. Wanted to. <laughs> He wanted to. I he was wanted hurting. to, but he held it together. I just—it's a beautiful song. Yeah, it's like like stunning. And um, so anyway, so yeah, great song, Rooster. What what do you got? Uh, you got? Uh, let's kind of hit the more of the highlights here because we're kind of closing in on uh, the last the twenty time. minutes or so. Maybe we got like a lot. Eighteen minutes. <laughs> we're not going to hit every song, guys. Sorry. Oh, so so dirt's next. Dirt. Not give about- me the dirt. <laughs> Just give me the dirt. No, I'm That's I'm joking. Beautiful. It's a joke. Oh, I lied. Actually, Junkhead's next. <laughs> Sorry. Junkhead. Junkhead or Junkhead? Junk. Junk. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. They, you know, they, did, they did a song about the Archies, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, that would be hysterical. Um, This is not about <laughs> drugs, but uh, their thoughts on drug abuse. Lane is talking about a drug dealer that they just met when it, they get turned on to heroin. 
Um, and then Lane goes on to say how he hates like counselors and people in society that don't understand users. So, um, okay. I, I, a story behind this as well is um, Lane's dealer came into the studio. Oh. And made a comment like on like one of the songs, like, oh, man, I think you should do this. And I said, fucking, and Cantrell like lost, lost his, his shit. shit. No doubt. And he <laughs> lost his fucking mind. He was like, you got to be fucking kidding. Get the fuck out of here! And he told him, he says, he says, you don't ever, you don't ever do that here again. Like you do not bring Bye. drug dealers here to the fucking studio. Can you imagine that is pretty fucking. Yeah. Uh, hey, That's kind of ballsy, actually. Not tax, it's tacky. It's like, hey, man. That's right, dude. That last song. Now did. the only way that would have worked out good is if it turned out that drug dealer later on became Rick Rubin or something right. like that. Yeah, now right. that would be a cool story. But, but like, like, that's dude, not really the case. You're not here. a producer. Like, yeah. uh, then I went on to become a producer. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? But I was like, <laughs> I heard that story. I'm like, oh, that was so. It's like, ah, uh, so cringy. Uh. <laughs> like even like uh, there's that Beatles documentary I've referenced before, and like Yoko and um, Linda <laughs> are both there. <laughs> are both there? But they're like, boy, I, I, you know what? Here's what almost came out of my mouth. So you can't tell, hold this against me, internet. What almost came out of my mouth was they were very well behaved. Wow. <laughs> I, that would be wrong oh, to say. Why? Because that we're is, women. <laughs> that's why I didn't say it. But like they understood that like <laughs> these guys, they, they were they were not the they understood that they weren't the Beatles. Right, right. And they didn't really like they were just there to be casually emotionally supportive or whatever. But anyway, yeah, so let's move on. Dirt's next. It's not about drugs like people say it is. It's about parents, Kentrell's father again in the Vietnamese War, and Lane's abusive parents wanting him to become famous so that his father would be proud of him. Oh. Boom goes the dynamite. There you go. Uh, so what do you got next? Godsmack, obviously about drugs because Godsmack God. is I've, the I've kind of trend the smack here. is so good it's God. <laughs> the wow. True, the true meaning behind Godsmack is a heroin overdose. So oh. this one is about Godsmack me. <laughs> yes, yeah, Godsmack you right in the head. When Godsmacks you in the head, you done. <laughs> you done, boy. <laughs> you day. Wow. He real day. <laughs> Wow. Well, they they wrote about the band before the band. Yeah, was right. They were, they were what they were doing, Chris, was they were prophesying. They were. They were right? so in touch. They were in. They were visionaries. They knew what was coming. They wow. knew Godsmack Fantastic. would be a band. Wow. They knew about Are... the Motley Crue movie too. Enough. Yeah. They knew there would be a Motley Crue movie named The Dirt. Crazy. Anyway, the next one is the intro dream sequence. Dream sequence. Iron Gland. Sometimes called Untitled. 43 seconds of intro and them saying Iron God and Red Rum. And it's obviously pays homage to Black Sabbath in a way as uh, the Iron Man song, as well as The Shining. So a little bit more of a nightmare than a dream. Okay, real quick. I know I know a little inside story on this. This was a riff that Cantrell kept playing and they hated. And so he kept playing it. (laughs) Oh, there's that. (laughs) So it was just like that. Anytime like somebody was like. Like prattling on, like I am right now about bullshit. Like he would start playing that riff, and people were like, fuck you, and storm out, and you know, shit like that. Um, so they said, we got to record it because it's part of, yep. you know, the experience. But what do you got next? Hate to feel. I don't have a whole lot on this uh, other than it. Sometimes they merge uh, the intro into this song. So if you have anything on that, uh, Rongo Mongo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Angry Chairs next. <laughs> Written entirely by Lane Staley for the band in the liner notes of 1999's Music Bank box set collection. Jerry Cantrell said, such a brilliant song. I'm very proud of Lane for writing it when I've stepped up vocally in the past. He's been so supportive, and he was a fine fine example of of him stepping up with the guitar and writing a masterpiece. 
I think Done. Weird Al should do a version of this and go. called it Disgruntled Recliner. There it is. <laughs> You've been thinking about that all day. I, I wrote that joke 20 years ago, just been waiting for chance. Yeah. Like George Costanza and that one episode. reason for this podcast. Yeah, I had to create a whole reason so I could say that joke. Finally. No, I'm kidding. I Seriously, it just came, but I was just thinking about it. I always thought, I always thought that was such a great, like, that is, like, when you hear those words, angry chair, like, you get, like, a picture in your mind. Oh, yeah. It's like, I don't know, like, I don't, you know what I mean? It's like one of those things, it's so brilliant. When I remember, mm-hmm. and they're uh, angry, I'm like, oh, fuck, it's another song, fucking brilliant. Go ahead, what do you got next? Wood is the last song. Oh, yeah, yeah, that blood. Wood. <laughs> God, I hate that. <laughs> anyway, Silence, <laughs> written by guitarist and vocalist Ken Trell, as a tribute to his friend Andrew Wood, lead vocalist of Mother Love Bone, who died in 1990. Um, Cantrell sings the verses of the song while Staley sings the choruses. Um, Jerry Cantrell sang the intro on this track, and Lane Staley had to convince him to do it. Mother love out of mother love bone came, mother love bone came Pearl Jam. Yes, I know that they were the there was that was oh, the band right. yeah, before, yeah, yeah. and that's before. why I don't like mother love bone either. Oh, I actually bought. I actually went. Mind. I actually out of out of spite against Pearl Jam. I'm probably gonna end up meeting Pearl Jam one day. They can be like the nicest guys. Yeah. They're so cool. I'm sure they're, they're like, probably you know, super nice. Um, <laughs> I'm always digging on them, but oh, out of spite against them. Like just to rebel against them, I bought the Mother Love Bone CD like twice. <laughs> twice, because <laughs> I was like, twice. "No, I want Mother Love Bone." It's more popular, so two times as many CDs. Um, but uh, I think maybe I'm thinking of like what I'm trying to do is get the head on the podcasts. So yeah, I got next week, the week after, week after. But maybe do you remember there was a kind of flirtation with? A southern rock revival in the '90s with bands like Sun Vault. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a sort of thing going. Then it was like the refresh. Remember the ref- not the replacements. You remember the, the refreshments? refreshments? Yeah. They kind of had that Americana kind of thing mm-hmm, going on. Mm-hmm. So that might be a kind of like thing to kind of at some point like kind of delve into that. That's a super niche sure. genre of a genre of a genre. 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 <laughs> um, I yeah, gr- great record. So what else can you say about it? It was great. It's the one I like out of all the. It's the grunge, one that I like. <laughs> out of all the grunge bands, <laughs> oh. Alice in Chains would be the one I like the best. <laughs> um, there is one thing that I'm curious about that I did not see. Oh. Dave Jordan produced it. Yes. Okay. I okay. have that on my notes. I just yeah. didn't know if it was relevant to the conversation. <laughs> American uh, record producer, engineer, mixer who has worked with artists in uh, in various genres, including alternative rock, punk rock, metal. However, Jordan stated that he dislikes the term producer, preferring to refer to himself as a primarily as an engineer. Okay, so, whatever. But in any case, right. that Dave Be Jordan. Uh, I one thing I do want to add, and I, Chris is into music, and Kevin's a guitar player as well. Sure, sure. Um, the guitar sounds mm-hmm. on this. Okay, this is two Bogner amps. So what they did was they stacked. They had one filling the the low the the baser the like the low frequencies mm-hmm. the baser, um, one f- uh, uh, filling the middle frequencies and one filling the kind of treble frequencies. Okay, so he played through all three. You know, mic'd up perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know, it took like hours and hours and hours. Uh, but it's a Bogner. Fishman preamp, and then the Bogner Ecstasy amp was doing the mid-range, and the Shoals Rockman ah, for the treble. Yep. 
Okay. Yeah, so there's a freaking Rockman on this. Like, yeah. you know, the how, like, rock and roll can you get? Like, freaking <laughs> uh, Boston. I mean, like, it's like, these guys are so steeped in music. Like, they fucking know Black Sabbath, and they know fucking Boston. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're not like, you know, the, the, these aren't like... um you could tell by the 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 songwriting, the arranging, the playing, and everything. Like, you know, I I think some of it is intentionally, and I, I I'm going to use this word cautiously, okay. sloppy. In, in te- yeah, like it kind of yeah, like, but, you, like, yeah. like 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 when Jimmy Page uh, does the breakdown in Live and Love and Made, where he plays mm-hmm. that you know thing, and it's a it sounds a little kind of wonky in a, yeah. in a in a place or two. You know what I mean? Like I think they were just kind of like they were in tune with that. Like if they were so steeped in the tradition of rock, mm-hmm. you know. I, I I now I don't know this for a fact, and you know this is just a sort of like fantasy I'm having right now. Okay, that these guys were guys that were like were like got turned on of the music they were listening to, like Van Halen and Motley Crue and all those bands. And so they that was the first thing they did. Let's do something like that mm-hmm. because we love that or whatever. And I think as they went along, they maybe were kind of became kind of musicologists in a way that they got interested in punk rock and they got interested in alternative right. and they were like well wait a minute where does all this shit come from and then they went back in time and listened to sabbath and uh led zeppelin mm-hmm. and deep purple and bands like that i mean you can hear all those things those influences kind yeah of into it. i mean yeah, it's yeah. it's you know i mean this is uh it's like some heavy duty rock and roll to quote my friends from uh, spinal tap right you know anyway so um uh the uh, the dirt <laughs> There it is. You can't even help yourself. You have to say it. I can't stop saying it now. The dirt. The dirt. The dirt. You can't even help yourself. Oh, goodness gracious. So anyway, so let's let's talk real quickly, um, just for gigs and shitholes, about this day Day. in music. (laughs) Who wrote the Tonight Show theme song? Uh, Chuck Mangione. That, that was, that would be, oh man, if that was right. You think about bitching. it while we do this day in music. Okay, so. Lily's going to look it up. It's somebody super famous. It was Alan Thicke. When you see it, you'll be like, oh shit. It's super, somebody super famous. Anyways. Super. Super. Uh, since my baby left, I found a new place to dwell. You know, Heartbreak Hotel. Sure. One of the songs that was recorded on this day, uh, recording on a recording session for RCA Records this day in 1956 by Elvis Presley. Wow! Um, there is an awesome collection. If you uh, and I have bought it on CD, um, they took it's called Elvis 56, and that's like his like when he first broke out. Uh-huh. It's like raw, nastiest stuff, Ooh, and he had the, the Heartbreak Hotels and like all his really big songs from that yeah. era are on there, and uh, it's called Elvis 56, and the songs are remastered, and you can listen to them on a good stereo, and you really hear the the, the, yeah. the bass yeah. and everything. It's like, it's just like, you feel like you're in the room in with the them with while, them. while they're doing it. Yeah. It's, it's, if, you, cool. if you're like into music, you should definitely check it out. Speaking of Elvis Presley, uh, this yeah. day in 1958, Jerry Lewis was at number one in the UK singles charts with Jerry Lewis. Jerry, Jerry Lee Lewis. Lewis. I was going to like, hey, With Great Balls of Fire. Lewis was, not Jerry Lewis, Jerry Lee Lewis was the uh, only major white rock and roll star to play piano rather than guitar. Oh, that's right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Killer. 
the first U.S. Beatles album introducing the Beatles oh, was released on this day on VJ Records. Who'd have known something would happen there? Yes, the Beatles do something every day. Yeah, every <laughs> single day there's a Beatle thing. There's a Beatle thing. Beatles. I think that we should contact Jack White. Yeah. And Jack Black. Uh-huh. And we should Both have Jacks. them write a concept album. Sure. About how the Beatles did something every single day. <laughs> like you know what I mean like like how they literally they were so amazing that like there is like they have every day of the year covered like including Christmas and like sure. they did something yeah even even like leap leap days they can make a concept like a, it could be like a um it could be like a trilogy it could be oh, it could God. be the black white album oh my god John Lennon's the gray album night this fast forward <laughs> the gray album <laughs> you're welcome do you guys you do not remember this I know you do not remember yet. this but Kevin I know you remember this and Chris you probably you might remember this I don't hold you are do you guys remember the CB craze ten four good buddy remember oh, yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, on this day in 1976, C.W. McCall, McCall went to number one. The U.S. singles charts with Convoy. Convoy. Wow, Hell we got yeah. a mighty convoy rocking through the night. Sorry, yep. Lewis. Yep, number Tay and number Tay. Number Tay. I did my Tay. Number Tay. Number two in the U.K. charts. Yeah. Okay, so like. But still, like, like you wouldn't think that would be a song, big song in England. But like they, right, they, they got off on it in England. That's crazy. Oh McCall was in fact an advertising agent whose real name was Bill Fries. I worked with a Bill Fries. Bill Fries. Fries. I worked with a guy named Bill Fries. Really? At Trap and Save. He was, maybe, well, he was a cashier, and I was a bagger. Maybe you know <laughs> after the whole CB craze. CW had to go back to Bill Fries and work at Trap and Save. I worked maybe. With a guy no, he wasn't that old. Richard Would you say, Hurt. Chris? I worked with a guy named Richard Hurt. <laughs> I was Dick. Think he's hurting. That's enough. <laughs> I'll not have that kind of talk on my podcast, Mister. I don't know how they do things in your part of the world, but no, I'm just kidding. But here, I kind of feel like we're worse here. Yeah, yeah, I think you might be right. Um. On this day in 1981, <laughs> speaking of the Beatles, right. John Lennon, imagine, started a four-week run at number one. Wow. Okay, let's let's switch it up a bit. There's one you we guys from. I we have not. I don't know if we ever mentioned Cindy Lauper on the podcast before, <gasps> but I like her. I, I love do her. Too. I think she's fantastic. Uh, Cindy Lauper became the first female recording artist since Bobby Gentry in 1967 to be nominated for five. Grammy Awards oh, Album of the Year Best New Artist yeah. Best Pop Vocal Performance Female a Record of the Year and Song of the Year That's awesome In 1984 mm, That's awesome You know she's so unusual <laughs> Well I did we didn't we do Best Albums of 1984 or something we like that We might have I think we, ta- we I think we talked about Yeah that. yeah and I think we mentioned her yeah. We may have mentioned that yeah. No Beatles you only get we one We rarely mention her though I know we don't mention her enough uh, and Gene Simmons, this is funny. You know, I mean, like Gene, like mm, I love Gene. Who does on this day in two thousand and five, a woman was suing Gene Simmons from from Kiss. Yeah, you know, like you don't know oh, who Gene Simmons. If you oh. not the actress Gene Simmons, <laughs> right? Spelled differently, by the way. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, for slander, alleging a documentary made her out to be a sex addicted nymphomaniac. Georgianne Walsh Ward, fifty three, oh, of she New totally York. Is said a VH1 documentary 
Her photo was flashed up as Simmons talked about his past sexual encounters. Ms. Walsh Ward had dated Simmons for three years when she was when he was a student. In the documentary, Simmons boasted of having sex with over forty six hundred. So women. what's false? Yeah. <laughs> Truth hurts. Well, it? they had a really, mm-hmm. according to her, they had a relationship, and she wasn't just some floozy that he fucking bent over to sink and oh. smashed your face in the mirror. Well, that's what he calls his relationships. <laughs> Ask Shannon Tweed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Hey, Let's Hal, be real. You need that's the that's the clip you need to pull out for the for the for the um, audiogram <laughs> when I said bend over the sink and smash your face in the mirror. That's it. That's a that's it. That's, that's it radio right gold right there. That's yeah, something. <laughs> it's radio fired. It's, it's radio fired. <laughs> See, when you work for yourself, you can never get fired. That's the greatest thing. That's right. Uh, this was on this day in 2016. Sadly, we lost David Bowie. Oh wow! And if you don't know who he is, then, then get off the get podcast. Out of here. <laughs> <laughs> get off the show. Man. Oh my goodness. Um. Anyway, so I'm not going to get into that. Uh, okay. <laughs> We've. It seems like the Montreux Jazz Festival comes up. Almost every time, All, too. like, because we, yeah, for somehow there's, you know, there's been like several podcasts where like that thing with the fire and deep purple, like uh-huh. that what has is, come up. Like, yeah, I don't yeah, know why. why. It's, 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 there's no reason to repeat that. A happy birthday to Jerry Wex. Jerry Wex, Lisa, you are Jewish boy from Queens. <laughs> <laughs> Yowza. He he is, and this sure. is so funny. There's a documentary about Muscle Shoals. Mm. And Wexler was like, that's what he is. He's this nice Jewish mm-hmm. boy from from uh, from New York, and like was producing records in the nice studios and all that. And then he got a call to go to Muscle Shoals, and he was right. like, "What the fuck? What kind of hillbilly, <laughs> Betty bullshit. White, Betty Crocker, motherfucker, <laughs> bullshit? I'm stepping in fucking mud, and there's fucking mm-hmm. bugs, and mm-hmm. what the fuck? <laughs> damn, yep. damn, we're eating grits, like what? Grits, I tell you." And but he when he heard when he heard and and he really wanted to bring New York session guys down. He did not want the Swampers to play. Right. But when he heard him play, he, he was, was like, like oh. yeah, they, yeah. And like so immediately, he's like, we got to get a, like Aretha Franklin. Like so, like t- true visionary. I, I just wanted this because I think a lot of people don't realize who Jerry Wexler is. Very amazing mm-hmm. man. Brought the world a lot of great music, even though he wasn't a musician per se himself. Um. Yes. Okay, Ronnie Hawkins. I don't know if you know who he is, Canadian singer. He started the band. Oh, okay. They backed him up for a number of years and before they went on to do Bob Dylan and all kind of stuff like that. Which band? Uh, the band. The, the band. <laughs> which band? No, but which band? The band. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Led Zeppelin's on first. <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> Come on, Lou, get with it. That's funny. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Boy, okay. Oh, here's somebody. I, I okay. Whew. I had to scroll down a bit. I was getting a little nervous. Like I don't know any Nobody of these fucking people. Today. Uh, Jim Jim Croce or Jim Croce, yes. as depending on how you pronounce it, U.S. singer uh, who had a 1973 U.S. number one single with a time in a bottle was killed <clears> in a plane crash <throat> uh, on the today? way to the airport on September 20th. No, this oh. was his birthday. Oh, his Jim birthday. Jim Croce okay. had a many, many other songs. Oh, well, I don't know why they guy. mentioned that stupid song. Bad, bad Leroy Brown, the sure. baddest man in the old dang town. Sure. <laughs> Badder than old King Kong, meaner than a junkyard. Oh, that is true. Boy. That is true, sir. He got, I loves me some Leroy Brown. 
Excuse me? I loves me some Leroy Brown. Well, that's the first step is to come out of the <laughs> Admit. Well, speaking of people that walk on both sides of the street, as they sure. say, Rod Stewart was born this day. Now, how do you know he walks on both sides of the street? <laughs> come on now. Hmm. Let me ask you something. Do you think he's sexy? <laughs> Ainsley Dunbar was born this day in 1946. Who? Ainsley Dunbar. Who's that? Uh, drummer with uh, White Snake. Maybe, maybe you've heard of him. Played with Journey. Played with a lot of people. He's one of those drummers that like played oh, with a okay, lot of those. That like, you probably British, don't know the name. <clears throat> British heavy yeah, rock yeah, bands. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I, he toured with Ozzy and all kind of stuff. Donald Fagan oh, from right, uh, sure. from the Dan, the Dan of Steel, as they yes. as as the Pittsburgh DJs refer to them. Sure, uh, was the born in the state in 1948. <gasps> oh, the Queen, Pat freaking Benatar. Ooh, Love is a it's her birthday. Hit me with your best it shot. Is her you birthday. know all these amazing songs. Heartbreaker. Born in the state in 1953. God bless you, Pat. Wow. Lucy Martin, lead vocalist or one of the vocalists in the band Chic. Le Freak. Le Freak. Dude, another great one. Tell me. Michael Schenker, German rock guitarist. Nicknamed Blonde (laughs) Bomber. He first rose to fame as an early member of the Scorps. Yes, that's right. As they say in Pittsburgh. I remember them. Yeah. (laughs) Then uh, achieved fame in the mid-70s as a lead guitar player for UFO. Since leaving UFO in 78, he has been uh, leading the Michael Schenker group. All right. Do you guys know the um, singer, songwriter, acoustic guitar vocalist Sean Colvin? I was obsessed for Mm -hmm. a minute, yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She does a great version of Every Little Thing She Does is Magic. Oh, I don't think I've heard that. I uh, was born in say 1958. Mm. Uh, oh, these yes. guys are one kind of a one, maybe two hit wonder. Okay. Crash Test Dummies. Brad Roberts. <laughs> oh, sure. Was born in the day in 1964. Mm. <laughs> yes. The mmm song. Mm. Mm. Yeah, the title of the song in the CD is like mmm. Mm. You know, it's like a joke. Let's, will DJs yeah. say that? You know. I would. <laughs> Oh my God! Oh, Matt Roberts, guitarist with the band Three Doors Down, was born to say oh, Chris Smith, Chris Cross. <laughs> Any more Chris's? Did the song Jump? Jump. Was born to say in '79. Not the Van. Not to be confused with the Van Halen. No, no, Somebody no, needs no. to do a mashup with oh. Chris Cross and Van Halen. <laughs> that would be awesome. There you go. I, I bet somebody get that has. What was that? I bet somebody has. Yeah, we gotta look yeah, that up. We gotta look that up. Oh, my God. We whittled away an hour and five minutes just jerking off. Woof. This was the most I've come all week. Yikes, <laughs> sir. I'm sorry for you. Wow. Hey, Hal, maybe Would that's you like the one a tissue? you want to put up. <laughs> Here's a tissue for you. Here's two tissues. I'm just saying. I got two <laughs> tissues to paradise. <laughs> oh, <God>. There's a T-shirt. <laughs> hey, Lou. What? Chris, what's up, buddy? Uh, since we're doing birthdays, I uh, do a shout out to my brother, Bill Dodson. Oh, hey. happy birthday, Bill Dodson. Happy birthday, Bill. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Okay, guys. Um, so thanks so much for hanging out. Chris, one more time. Uh, how do folks get a hold of you if they want some uh, like really cool uh, uh, refinishes done on their musical instruments? Uh, go to Wolf's Customs on Facebook uh, or my personal page. Chris Thunderwolf Dodson, send me a PM, uh, text me, and uh, we'll get right with you. Sounds great. Sounds great. Awesome. Okay, and um, 
So that's I can't think of anything else. Um, I do I do have a oh there is a Supervana show at the Hard Rock Cafe, um, on Ooh. January twenty eighth, coming up soon, and uh, the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus will be representing on Feb I believe it is February fourth second, on a Popovic mm-hmm. comes to Pittsburgh second. Right? Second. Yep. So we're all going. We're going as a as a as a as podcast. A, yeah. <clears throat> and we're gonna have some fun and uh, you know do some. We'll get on our podcast things. Stuff. Cell phone <laughs> crazy stuff. <laughs> Screw around a bit. Um, Lily V six. We do have Lily V six uh, with us as always, and Lily is uh, on loan to us from Rock Rage Radio. Thank so, you, Rock uh, Rage. So, so we do appreciate Rock, thanks, thanks uh, for Rock giving Rage us for loaning us loaning out Lily V six to you know give this podcast some class. semblance of class. class. <laughs> That's cute. That's very cute. But check out my show, Hot Licks with Lily Six, Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, I am an announcer for um, the fifth annual Banger Music Awards on January 15th. Shut up. It's independent music. It's nothing else, weirdos. So if you watch online, How old are we? freaks. The Banger Awards. Banger Awards. That's awesome. So watch it on for Facebook. Bang of the year. Yeah. You, you wish. <laughs> Music related jerks. <laughs> oh Lord! And uh, Mr. Pittsburgh. Hey, uh, anybody needs their sidewalk shoveled? Let me know. <laughs> I'll come in and show, shovel your sidewalks, please. Hey, babe, can I shovel your sidewalk? I'll be back to shovel your sidewalk later. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, check out Find Crest Thunder Wolf Dodson on Facebook, uh, Wolf's Customs, and uh, it, it, you know they do great work. Uh, RockRageRadio.com, love you. Uh, go to LudiniRockAndRollCircus.com. <laughs> and the reason why I do that, because you can find out all kind of cool information and fun stuff about the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Uh, bios are there. Our, uh, our our YouTube archive is there. Links to all kind of past things and uh, are, are, are all there. <clears throat> Including merchandise and stuff like that, uh, Lulum or LulumbardiMusic.com to get involved in our private Facebook group and to get more information and exclusive uh, music uh, that I'm putting out as well. All right, guys, uh, super fun podcast this week. I think I think we had a we had a really good time. Yeah. Um, next week, let me see if I can find my next week. We have a good one for you. So I'm just gonna I'm trying to get in 2022. I'm trying to be like a little bit more organized. We'll see if this lasts more than a couple weeks. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but in for next week's podcast, we're going to talk about top rock performances in non-music based movies. Like think Marty McFly doing Johnny Be Good in Back to the Future. It's not a music movie, <clears throat> but there just happens to be like all of a sudden there's this cool rock performance yes. and it can be by the actor yeah. or there could be a band that you know, real rock sure. band shows up and plays or whatever, uh, something like that. Um, so that's, we're going to do uh, our favorites on that for next week. All right, guys. Uh, had a great time. Chris, thank you so much for... Uh, Thanks, Chris. <laughs> hey, PK. <laughs> yes? Uh, DM me and I'll send you some Hollow Flesh picks. I didn't realize you were a guitar player till tonight. Surprise! Oh my hey, God. Chris, you want a lollipop? <laughs> you knew it was coming. I had to do it. All right, guys, let's Freaks. get the hell out of here. <laughs> Have a great week. We'll catch you on the next Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Have a good one, guys. I'm peeing first. Go pee first. Wait, are we still going? Love was a mask. I stumbled shot. I was up for the task. In your battle song.